Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Masechet Hagiga has been dedicated in memory of Hacham Raful Muhaddeb Ben Garaz and Marie Muhaddeb Bat Jamile. Ruah Hashem Tanihem Began Eden Elion Amen. Dedicated by Dr. Isaac and Lily Mahadev Hashem Ishmirem Vehayem Amen. Davav. Today's Dav is being studied there in the Nishmat Abraham ben Esther. Ruah Hashem Tanihenu Began Eden Amen. Today's Dav is being studied there in the Nishmat Amanawah Shinifar Bikitsuri Ami Vishanim Ezra ben Tune Mazal. Ruah Hashem Tanihenu Began Eden Vetinishmato. Surah Besorah Hayim Amen. We begin today's Dav. On here, Hamud Bet, right at the bottom of the daf, we learned in the Mishnah a machloket bet and bet What is the what is the ptur of a katan? Because we learned that a katan is hayav in the mitzvah reiyah mitam chinuch, meaning the father is obligated to bring him. However, if the child is too young, so the Mishnah did exempt him. So the question is, what's a katan <coughs> that's going to be exempt? So Mahlogit Bet Shemai Bet Telel. Bet Shemai said that he's young, so young that he can't even ride on his father's shoulders from Yerushalayim to the Azara. Bet Telel said he's so young <coughs> that he cannot walk with his father's, uh, holding his father's hand from Yerushalayim to the Azara. So obviously according to Bet Shammai, the obligation starts at a younger age. Already at one years old, a child can ride on his father's shoulders where he cannot walk until an uh, older date. So Bet Shammai is giving the obligation of a katan from a younger time. In any event, the Gemara says, Ezu katan, That's Shita of Bet Shammai. Matkif la, Rabbi Zera, Rabbi Zera, asks a question. <laughs> Until this point, who brought him? Which means, how did he get to Yerushalayim? Rashi, Ad Yerushalayim mihivio. Which is, until Yerushalayim, who, who brought him? Dikhdeh aliyam Yerushalayim. I mean, I got the bar. Dikhdeh aliyam Yerushalayim. Right, because the Mishnah's uh, ramification is from Yerushalayim to the Azara. La Rabbayt, Atta Omer, Shiyah Nechinu, Vah Yerushalayim, Mihiviyo. So the Gemara says, Amal Le'abaye, Adhaqa, Imed Mechaybe, Bismcha, Aitite, Imed. His mother brought him. She's the Gemara's, the basis of the Gemara's question is, this kid over here, He's such a, uh, a small child, you're telling me, that he can't, uh, he can only ride on his father's uh, shoulders, right, to get to Yerushalayim. Well, until that point, how did he get there? How's he getting from uh, Yerushalayim, from wherever he lives, to Yerushalayim? So the Gebarah said, no, his mother took him, which means his mother, well, his mother's mother obligated to go to Yerushalayim for the Iyah. We said, no, ladies are exempt. She says, no, his mother that's obligated in the mitzvah of Simha, different obligation. She, she needs to be in Jerusalem for a different purpose. Why? Well, look at that she, third line, Mehaybe b'simcha, la'alot neregel, v'lismoach behag. 
Im ba'ala. She has an obligation to be with her husband on the holiday. Da'ala simcha nitztavu nashim. The ladies are obligated for simcha. Dikhtiv. Vesamachta atta ubetecha. Which means that the simcha has to be uh, you and your wife. So therefore the wife is there as well. The Gebaraz assumption was uh, that uh, if the child can somehow get from where he is to Yerushalayim, he should be able to get from Yerushalayim to, to the Azara. So the Gebaraz is saying, no, you go on his father's shoulders and things. What do you mean? However he got from there to, to this. No, no, no. He didn't go with his father to that point. The reason why we're getting the father involved in the Harabayit is because he was a small distance. Until that point, already his mother took care of him. We just need him to go from Yerushalayim to Harabayit. How did he get from there? The mother. Mikan va'ilach, and from there on, im yachod la'alot v'leyachod b'yadosh shalabi v'yushal al-abayit chayav. And from them, that point on, if he could hold on to his father's hand and get from Yerushal al-abayit, he's chayav v'ilo patur. If not, he's going to be patur. So that's the Gemara's answer. Heshiv Rabbi tahat betelil. Now, Rabbi was asking a question according to the opinion, or he's answering for betelil. Means Betelil held to walk. So now the is going to ask a question against Bet Shammai for Betelil. Right? So Heshiv Rabbi Ta'at Betelil. The Vre Bet Shammai, according to the words of Bet Shammai, that says what? The Shi'ud is if you can ride on the shoulders. It says, Behana lo alta. Hana, after she gave birth to Shuwal and Navi, it says she did not go up to the Mishkan Shiloh. There was no Bet Mikdash in those days, but it seems there was an obligation to go up to the Mishkan of Shiloh. It says, Hana lo alta. She didn't go up. Ki amira'a li'isha, she said to her husband, Elkanah, Ad yegamel anad, I'll wait till the boy, the child is weaned, meaning he finishes nursing, meaning 24 months, Vaviotif, and then I'll bring him to, uh, to Yerushalayim. We have no problem according to Betelil. Before two years old, you can assume Shuwe wasn't able to walk, and therefore, since she can't walk, so therefore she was exempt from bringing him. But according to Betelil, Shammai, let's say he was one years old. But one years old, he could still ride on his father's shoulders. What do you mean, Shemuel still was able to ride on his father's shoulders? So therefore, what do you mean, how did Hannah say, Now ah, we'll wait. Ella, you see what Allah must be like? Betelel. See, he doesn't go like uh, Betchamai. So they give us Amar le Abu. So the bee's father answered back for Betchamai. She's a bangam li'il. He came back now and answered. And he said, V'leta'amech. According to your reasoning, Tikshi lach gufa. Forget about uh, Shemuel. What about Hannah herself? Why didn't she go up? Milo mehaiba b'simcha. She's obligated from her own standpoint. Which is, you're asking on Shemuel. Ah, he didn't go up. Must be what? The bit Shammai is wrong because it doesn't go with the shoulders. I oh, forget about it. What about bit, what about Hannah herself? Doesn't she have to go up? Isn't she Hayav in Simcha? Ela Hana Mifankuta Yitirta Bishmuel. She saw that Shemuel had a tremendous amount of Pinuk. Pinuk is weakness or sensitivity. He was um he was weak, we'll call it. And therefore, the Hasha be Bishmuel lehusha deurha. She suspected that it's going to be too much for Shemuel to go up because the road is going to weaken him. And therefore, that's why Hannah didn't go up. Because, that's why Shemuel didn't go up because he had a ptur. Really, I can tell you the obligation is like Bet Shammai riding on the father's shoulders. 
Why did Shemuel go up? Hannah saw already that the child was too weak. Now if the child is considered a chole. What do we learn in the Mishnah? So that's a chole. is also uh, exempt. And that we have to say was the exemption of Hannah. Once already uh, Shemuel was exempt, Hannah falls into the category of a chole umshamshav. Peturin. Which means because now whoever is serving the chole also becomes so like we learned in Masik and Sukkah. That not only is a chole patur in the Sukkah, but anybody that's tending to the chole is also patur. So therefore yeah, we have no proof from the story of Hana with Shemuel that Halakha is like Betelel. I can really say that Halakha, they were following Betelel Shita. And really he was able technically to go on the father's shoulders. But Hana Sudei was weak. Therefore did not want to take because she's a chole. Therefore she stayed home as well. Now, here's a question over here that the Tudeh Evan uh, asks over here. The Tudeh Evan wants to ask, what was the question Bichlal from Hana? Why? Because all we see from our Gemara is, up until this point, if the mother can bring it up to Yerushalayim, then already we go with the father from Yerushalayim to Harabayit. In this case over here, I'll tell you the reason why Shemuel was exempt is because we're talking about a case where his mother did not even bring him up to Yerushalayim. So therefore his father would have to take him the whole way. So, so the Torah even wants to say, that, no, we had a, he says, let's from his rabbi, that you didn't need any mother technically in this case, because where they lived, they were close enough to Mishkan Shiloh. So all they needed was Ilkanat to put him on his shoulders, I take him from where they live to uh, to the uh, to the Mishkan. So therefore, it's a fair uh, a fair analogy. We would argue and say, listen, in this case over here, you have no proof. You have to ask me a question. We said only in the case where the mother can take it up to Jerusalem, the father takes over. In this case over here, the mother's not taking it anywhere. So maybe that's why the child is uh, there's an exemption. No, no, no. Here there was no need for the mother to take it up at all because she had the uh, the, the pro- close uh, proximity. Also, you have to say that in the times of Shemuel already. You have to say that there was an obligation of Chinuch in the world. Because the rabbis instituted the Mitzvah of Chinuch. Now, in which period of history did they institute the Chinuch? So if the Gemara is asking from Shemuel, we have to assume that at that time already there was a Mitzvah of Chinuch on the uh, father to uh, take care of his son. Incidentally, when we said the father of Rabbi, the father of Rabbi is Rabban Shimon ben Gamliel. Not Rabban Gamliel, Rabban Shimon ben Gamliel. That was the father that came to defend uh, the Shita of Pechamai. Comes the Gemara continues. Next question. Ba'er Rabbi Shimon. Rabbi had a question. Katan Higer You have a Katan. He's lame. According to Bet Shemai's opinion, is he Hayav in the Iyah? Well, he's lame, he can't walk, but he can ride on his father's shoulders. So the question is, is he Hayav in the Iyah? There's so many division him. And a blind Katan, according to everybody, is even according to Bet he can hold his father's hand still and walk. So the Gibraltar says, Mao. What's the case? If we're talking about a Hager, a lame person, that is not going to be able to, to heal, which is he's going to reign, remain uh, lame, and a blind man that's not going to be able to see again. Well, <laughs> In this case over here, 
a gadol would be patur in such a case. Uh, if, he, if he is lame and he cannot heal, or he's blind and he cannot ever see again, so a gadol is going to be patur in such a case. So we have to give a case of katan. What's the whole purpose of hanukh? The whole purpose of hanukh is to train him that when he comes a gadol, he should be hayav. In this case, so maybe even a gadol is patur. So there's no purpose to mehayav a katan. Look at Nashi. Katan mevaya. Hado in hanukh katan ela kedelan he go she is saruch armen agol she igdil. The whole purpose of Hanukkah is to train him when he's young, so he'll be accustomed in this way for when he gets older. They came and said, Patur Shiyadir, Lamani But this kid, when he goes older, he's going to be Patur, so what are you training him for? So the Gemara says, Lo Tzericha, Bechigir Shiyachol Lehit Pashet, Vesomesh Shiyachol Lehit Patayah. We're talking about a case, it's a Katan. And he has, he's lame, but he's able to get healed. And he's a Someh. And he's able to eventually see again. My, that's the question. And the Tosafot points out over here that we're talking about a case where he's able to get better while he's still a katan. And he's able to see again while he's still a katan. Because if he would only get better when he's a gadol, so then already the assumption is he still would be patur. Because bottom line, we're not going to have him in a katan in a Katan state, because if he comes a Gadol, he's also going to be Patur. Because if he's not going to heal until after he's a Gadol, so then we have the same logic as we said before. We're not going to have him in a Katan state, because even if he's going to become a Gadol, if he's a Higer still, he'll still be Patur. So therefore we're talking about a case where the Higer, who's a Katan, is going to get healed before he becomes a Gadol. So now the question is, do we say, well, bottom line, right now, he's a Higer, and if you're a gadol with in this state, it'd be patur. Although we say, no, since he's eventually going to heal, but he's still a katan, so therefore technically we should be mehanechim now, in order for when he becomes a gadol, because he's going to be hayav. So Amar Abayeh, Abayeh said, Rule. Anytime a gadol would be hayav in the mitzvah de oraita, we have to train the child when he's a katan with the banan. But in the case where the gadol will be exempt from the Torah, and therefore in this case over here, bottom one a gadol that's able to walk, but be haya with the oraita. So therefore this katan right now is a higir, but he's going to heal before he becomes a gadol, and therefore since in that state the gadol will be haya with the oraita. Because once he becomes a gadol, he can walk again. So therefore, for gadol's hayam deoraita, so the katan is a hayuv of giving a hinuch. And therefore, the Gemara is concluding the two cases. Higeh that cannot get healed, what is a katan? Spatur. And the logic is, because the whole purpose is to train him, so when he comes a gadol, when he comes a gadol, he's still going to be patur. So what are you training him for? But in the case of a katan, we're able to get healed when he's still a katan. So the hadush is, since bottom line, a gadol in such a state... Trees, he'd be healed already. He'd be hayam b'deoraita. So the katan as well, we have to train him uh, at that point in order to take him up to uh, the mitzvah of Yiriyah, uh, Yerushalayim. Uh, now the... There's a middle message there over interesting. He gives a little different sevara. On the Gemara that says, Chigir she'akholet pashet. So that she said, we're talking about over here, or a blind man, a blind katan, he's able to see when he's, when he's still a katan. 
Right? That's the case we're having the Safekin. So he says, Ma'ashma b'debarav shim elu yachol l'tpateach l'kachach sh'yigdal v'day patur. Right? From the Jesus Ma'ashma, that there's going to be definite patur if he's only going to get better after he becomes a gadol. Then there's no question, we don't have to mechanech him. So the Meromeh Sadeh explains, Shema'achar sh'lish sh'yigdal ye patur ad sh'yitpateach. Because when he gets older, he's still going to have to wait until... He can see again, Lo shayak lehayibo atat. Doesn't make sense to behayib him now. Beodok katan ushi yagdil ye patur. Because we'll be tapping this atli. You have a katan, he's blind now. He's not going to get better until, uh, until he's an adult. Until after he's an adult. Alright? Does it make sense to behayib when he's a katan? The middle says, of course not. Because when he's a katan, you tell me he's hayab, this is a hayub hainuch. Good. Now once he comes a gadol, he's patur. Because he's blind still. Doesn't make sense to behayib when he's a katan. And then when he's becoming a gadol, you can exempt him. So therefore you have to say, that's talking about where he becomes a, able to see again, or he becomes healed uh, in his uh, legs, when he's still a katan. So therefore they can say there's a hayuv in the katan stage, because when the kid's going to become a gadol, he's going to be hayab when he's better. So therefore, the, wherever the gadol be hayab, the shayak to say the katan is uh, hayab as well. Where the father is obligated to... Uh, Comes the Gemara and continues. Again, just remember where the questions were being asked according to. The Gemara was asking Higir according to Bet Shamay. There's no question according to Bet Teled that Higir is going to be patur because he can't walk. The question of Higir was in the Dreb Bet Shamay. According to Bet Shammai, it's enough to put him on the shoulders. Then we're asking the Hagir question. The Hagir question, but that according to Bet is going to be patur. He can't walk. There's no she'ela. Even if he was uh, uh, in that state, there's no she'ela. The she'ela is Hagir le Bet Shammai, that shoulders is enough, and Somer le Devrakol. Because even a Somer, like it, he can hold his hand and walk him up. But the Kibbutz is saying, well, for sure, if he's not going to get healed before he's a Katan, when he's, when he's still a Katan, they're exempt. Because you cannot be hayef a katan on something if he was a gadol, he'd be patur. So the case is talking about where he's a katan that's going to heal when he's still a katan. Oh, that means when he's going to become a gadol, by the time he's a gadol, he's going to be hayef. So the rule is, anytime if he's a gadol, he'll be hayef in the oraita. When he's a katan as well, he'd also be uh, hayef. And therefore, at that state, according to Bet Shammai, the kids are but the doctor say, you know, he'll heal uh, before he gets a uh, gadol. Put him on the shoulders, bring him up. There's a mitzvah of Hinuch, the blind one. The doctor's telling you know, he'll be healed before he's a uh, gadol. Quite a bit as well. Hold his hand, take up the Yerushalayim. Why? Because when this kid's going to be a gadol, he's going to be high up the Oraita. So there's an obligation to train him at that stage. Comes the Gemara and continues. Okay, now we go back to the Mishnah. We had a mahluk in the Mishnah, but Shema B'Telel, how much money has to be spent on the Olat Re'iyah? That's the, that's the Olat you have to bring when you go up to Rishalayim, called Olat Re'iyah. And how much money has to be spent on the Hagiga? Hagiga also is the Qurban that they brought on the first day of the holiday. They would eat it uh, as, uh, the, as the part of the uh, meat of the Simcha of the holiday. In the Torah, there's no uh, Shi'ud. Like we say in the Mishnah, Masechet Pe'ah, Elu devarim she'en lahem shi'ur, Ha'pe'ah v'abikurim v'ha're'ayon. What is re'ayon? Re'ayon is the mitzvah of re'iyah. There's no mitzvah. A person can spend the, the, the cheapest amount he can get a korban for. However, the Rabbanan came along and they gave a 
שיעור. בית שמאי סדריה שתי כסף, חגיגה מה אחת. Ola goes Ota Hashem, therefore Ola has more uh, importance. Hagiga, some of it goes on the Mizbeah, but some of it's eaten by the owners. Not as important. Mm-hmm. Reason number two. The Od Matsinu Ba'atzeret. We saw when it comes to the holiday of Shavuot, Shriba Ba'en HaKatuv Be'olot Yotem Be'shlamim. Which means on the holiday of Shavuot, we see that there's the korbanot of the holiday. The Torah gives a, a credence much more to the korban ola than korban shilam. Because there's, much, there's more korban olot brought on Shavuot than korban shilamim. So if you see the korban ola is more hashuv. And therefore for that reason as well, you see where the Torah gives the precedence over an ola. Like a better holiday of Shavuot. Therefore, ola is double. That she just gives you the numbers. Ba'at said it. That's eight. So there's ten against two. So you see the takes precedence. So that's the shita of Bet Shemai. Again, what are the two logics? Number one, Kulal Number two, Shavuot. Ten against two. Ubet al-Lel Omriim, Hariyah ma'a chesef, Hagiga shtay chesef. Why? Shahagiga yishna lifnah dibur. Mashi'en ken b'riyah. Oh. Number one, Hagiga's been around much longer than Ola. Because we know that Am Yusuf brought Qurbanot before Matan Torah. As we'll see in Mashi exactly, that on the, uh, the days preceding Matan Torah. The Torah tells us that Am Yisrael brought Korbanot. Betelil says, you know what that Korban was? What's the Korban Ola? It was a Korban Hagiga. So therefore you see already, must be very important. For already Korban Hagiga was brought before Matan Torah, it has a precedence. Now, and therefore you got to spend more money for Hagiga. Now what do you see before Matan Torah that we brought a Korban Hagiga? So look at Rashi. Yeshna lifnah dibur. That episode of the Quran really happened before the Ten Commandments. We have a rule. That the Torah is not written in chronological order. And therefore, even though it was written in Parashat Mishpatim, it actually happened before the Asr of the Berot. The Achitanya Mimasikat Shabbat Perek Rabbi Akivar, Rabbi Yosemir, Basheni, on the second day of Sivan, this is called the Matan Torah, right? Second day of Sivan, Alav Yarad. Moshe went up to the Shamayim, came down. Bashlishi, Alav Yarad. Then he went up, came down. Barbi'i, Yarad, Veshuv Lo'ala. On the fourth day of Sivan, he stayed down. 
Bahamishi Banam Mizbayah. On the fifth day of Sirah, it's like Erev Matan Torah. They built a Mizbayah. They cleave Alav Korban. Right? They brought a Korban on it. Bashishi Nitna Torah. They natam what Sibin Nitna Torah Binyam Mizbayah. Elabotosh Nebab Yishtachtar Arab in Israel. Which means you don't see any other Mizbayah built. Except the pasuk that says, which is the korbanot. And what korban did they bring? It was a, it was a korban hagiga. How did you know it was a hagiga? We'll see later on. But it was a hagiga. It was a shilamim. So then, what do you see? Shilamim must be very important already. Before Matan Torah, they were bringing uh, shilamim. The first Ola wasn't brought until. After Matan Torah. So you see, Agigah must be more important. Second reason, Ve'od. Matsinu benesi'im. Shiriba be'makatu b'shlamim. Yotem be'olot. When the nesi'im inaugurated the Mishkan. At the first 12 days of Nisan. Every day they brought inaugural korbanot. If you tally up the shlamim that were brought amongst the 12 nesi'im. And the olot that were brought. Because they were both types of korbanot. There was overwhelmingly more shalamin than there was olot. If you make the calculation, there were 17 korban shalamins brought by each nasi every day. So you have 17 times 12. 204. Keneged three olot that were brought a day. By the Nisim, which is 36. So there are 204 Shilamim, they get 36 Korban uh, Olas. So you see that Korban Shilamim takes uh, precedence. So there's a Betelel's two proofs. Good? The Betelel, by Tama, the Amrika Betchamai. Now we gotta go play back, back and forth. Betelel, how come you don't like the Betchamai? But the Kamat, the Iyadifa, the Ola Kural Gabawa, that which is said that the Iya is Ola Triya. Is more significant because it goes all to Hashem. Adraba, Hagiyah Adifa. I think Hagiyah is better. Why? The eat besh the achilot because there's two eatings. It mizbeach eats and uh, the people eat. That's a higher badriga. So therefore, I don't go with your claim. To me, the all of them is not 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 something that makes it better. The contrary, Hagiyah is better because there's two eatings. Udeka Amar and that which is said. And that we said, learn from Shavuot, because there was uh, ten uh, olahs against uh, two uh, shalamims. If you want to learn, you have to learn from similar to similar. The korbanot that we're talking about now is personal korbanot. So you want to learn from a different type of korban, you have to learn from a yahid, from a yahid to a korban yahid. The end, danin korban yahid, korban sibur. Shavuot korban is korban sibur. Nesi'im is a private korban. Each nasib wrought is korban. It was a private. So therefore, you want to learn, you say, oh, by Shavuot we see a precedence for uh, korban olaz. Yeah, but that's a korban sibur. We're talking about korban yahirove. Olat re'iyah and shalmi'ayah is personal. Therefore, don't learn from Shavuot. Better off to learn from Nesi'im. Danin korban yahir, me korban yahir. So those are the two refutations of Bet Hillel. Oh, Bet Shemai, my Tamalo, I'm like Bet Elel. Bet Shemai, come in and go like Bet Elel. Well, the Kamart Hagiga Adifa Di Ishna Lefnei Adibur. Well, your first claim is that you said Hagiga is most significant because already you see they brought it before Matan Torah. For the Iyan Namei Ishna Lefnei Adibur, which means 
If you look at the Pesukim, you'll see they also wrote Korban Olah before Matan Torah. So therefore, we neutralized that already. So you're saying, or Hagiyat before the Dibur. Uh, and that Korban before Matan Torah, the Pesuk clearly says they also wrote Korban Olah. So therefore, what did you pick Hagiyat? Yeshna Vilsad Dibur. Therefore, Ola is more uh, significant, I'll tell you, which is, there's no proof of that already. Just like Hagiyat was before the Dibur, I'll tell you, Ola was before the Dibur. Secondly, with the command, you left in the scene. And your your uh, proof is to learn from the Nesiim Danim davar anoeg le dorot, but davar anoeg le dorot. Nesiim was a once in a lifetime korban. You can't learn from a yearly korban, which is olat leiyan shomei hagiga, to a once in a lifetime uh, situation of Nesiim. The end danim davar anoeg le dorot, but davar sheino anoeg le dorot. You can't learn an item that's a yearly uh, generations every generation uh, uh, korban to Nesiim. Which was a once in a lifetime Qurban. So that's the refutations that Beit Shammai has against Beit Oh, Beit Elel, Now, Beit you said that the Hagigah was brought before Matat al Shalamim. Clearly, Pasuk says they brought Qurban Shalamim. Shalamim is a Qurban Hagigah. It's, it's the same Qurban. So you basically on the pasuk. Why olot? olot. So Now you're refuted from a pasuk. Again, what was betelel's whole whole, whole uh, logic? I'm telling you, is much more significant. Why? We see already the word before matan Torah. And what are you basically on? He has a pasuk. They brought a shilamim. And we know that that shilamim is called the Hagigah. You know why it's called the Hagigah? Because if you remember when the Jewish people were leaving Misraim, Moshe Rabbeinu kept on saying, give us three days, and God wants us, He wants us to make a Hagigah in the Midbar. And that was, so therefore that shilamim is really called the Qurban Hagigah. So Bittas Zayshi, Hagigah is precedent. So I have to spend twice as much money on the Hagigah than the Olat Riyah. So give us what we talking about. They also brought Olat in the Midbar. At the same ceremony, it says, Vayahalu, Olat. Kasabri betelel. Here's the kina. Kas olah shikrimu yisib midbar olat tamid habai. Yeah, it wasn't olah, but it wasn't olat riyah. It had a status. It was olat tamid. You know, there's an obligation in the Beit Hamikdash or in the Mishkan on a daily basis to bring a korban olah. That's called the olat tamid. So betelz. I'm not arguing. The pasuk says they brought an olah, but it wasn't olat riyah. It wasn't an Ola that they brought because they were now seeing the Shekhinah. Similar to the Ola that we're talking about now when you go up to Yerushalayim. They brought an Ola. Ola Tamid. So therefore, we're, now, we're not comparing Ola Tamid to Hagigah. We're comparing Hagigah to Ola Tariyah. We haven't found an Ola Tariyah brought before Matan Torah. But we found that Hagigah brought before Matan Torah. But it's just they brought Ola. That's already an Ola Tamid. Ubet Shammai Savri. Oh, Abed Shabbat says, no. The Olah that they brought before Matan Torah was indeed an Olat Re'iyah. Now pause right here. This is the rest of the Sugiyah. From this point on to the end of the Daf, what was the Olah that they brought before Matan Torah? Betelel says the Olah was an Olat Tamid. But Shammai is going to say it was an Olat Ri'iyah. Now we're going to see a list of rabbis that side with Betelel and a list of rabbis that side with Bet Shammai. The Gebarah says, 
אבל אביה, בית שמאי. ורבי ישמעאל, ורבי אליעזר, כלהו סבירה להו, עולה שקריבו יישום במדבר עולת ראייה הוואי. So Bet Shemai has colleagues with him. As Rabbi Ishmael, as Rabbi Eliezer. They all hold what? The Olad that they brought before Matantara was Olad, Re'iyah. And Bet Elev, Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Yosei Gilili, Kolehu, Svira Lehu, Olad, Shekribu Yisub HaMedbar, Olad, Tamid Havai. Okay, now we're going to list all the Shittot and where they got it. From Bet Shemai, Ad Amran. Well, Bet Shemai already, we said. Which means, with Bet Shemai already, we proved. How do we prove it? Bet Shemai is the one that said, that the Olat Re'iyah is double in price than a Hagigah. Against Betelel. Betelel said the Hagigah is double. And the reason why Betelel was said is double because we found the Hagigah before uh, Matan Torah. So what did Bet Shemai answer back? What are you talking? Just like you found the Hagigah before Matan Torah, we also found the Olat Re'iyah before Matan Torah. Like it says in the Pasuk Le'alu, Olot, you see clearly Bet Shemai holds that the Olat they brought before Matan Torah was Olat Re'iyah. Olat Re'iyah. So comes again what it says now. The Bishmael, when you know the Bishmael says it was Olat Riyah, the Tanya, we have a brighter. The Bishmael Omer, Kralot Ne'emlu B'Sinai. When Borei Olam gave the uh, Torah, Arar Sinai, <laughs> the laws were given in generalities, without details. Details followed later on. Example, Nashi says, look at the bottom Nashi. A lot of things were given in Al Sinai, stumim, meaning sealed, just the law without details. They weren't fully explained. After the Mishkan was built, then God, through Moshe Rabbeinu, went and elaborated on a lot of the laws. At Matan Torah, the laws of Kermit were not fully elaborated on. All it said is, you have to bring Kurban. Ola and Shilamim. I bring many details how to bring it. Velo Pirish Matan Demehim. And Hasrai didn't teach us what do you do with the blood? Where do you sprinkle it? Where do you pour the blood? If Shaitan, the law of skinning the animal before you put it on the Mizbayah. Vinituhan, cutting the animal up into pieces. Putting the shlamim, what parts go on the mizbeach? So therefore, the Mishnah Shita is like this. At Matan the laws of Kurban were given, but in generalities. When did the law become fully explained? Not until the Mishkan was built. Then Borei Olam went over. Oh, that law that I gave you about the Kurbanot, it's like this, like this, like this. So he says like this. Ufratot be'ohil mu'id. The fratot, the details were given to Ohil mu'id. Rashi says, top line, Mishukama Mishkan, once the Mishkan was built, Vidibir Imo Ma'ala Kaporet, Sham Pirish Tua Katuf Kedikti, Vayikral Moshe, a God called Moshe, the beginning of Sivir Vayikra, Vaydaber Hashem Elab Mo'il Mo'id, Lemor. Right, so all the halachot of Kurban, of Sivir Vayikra, was given after Matan Torah, according to Rabbi Yishmael. Now let's stop right over here at this point. Rabbi Yishmael is going to argue, you can't tell me that the Ola that they brought before Matantara was an Ola Tamid. Because if you tell me it's in a mandatory Qurban, how did they bring a mandatory Qurban? They didn't have all the laws yet. So you're going to tell me, no, before Matantara they gave it without taking the skin off. Because they didn't know the law of taking the skin off. That wasn't given until after. Well, and then after Matantara they brought this obligatory mandatory Qurban the right way? 
If it's a mandatory olah, you can't tell me that they brought it without hechshet beforehand, before Matan Torah, before the law was given, and then they brought it with hechshet after. But if you tell me it was olat riyah, I can tell you that olat riyah was their own korban. They were on their own. Which means they went, they said, you know what, we're seeing now the Shekhinah, so they're on their own, they said, you know what, we're going to bring in oil. Well, they didn't bring it as a mandatory korban, olat tamidah, three words every day. They brought it on their own as a status of an olat there. That already have no problem. That they brought it uh, one way before Matan Torah. And after Matan Torah, when the mandatory one came about, they brought a, uh, that to take, uh, that to skin it. But the point, if you tell me it was the mandatory olat tamid, you can't tell me they brought a mandatory korban the wrong way. Before Matan Torah, then after they got the laws, they weren't the right way, so therefore, to be fair, proves it has to be what? Olat? The Iyab. And we'll see this in the Gemara. Rabbi Akira, I'll make Rabbi says no. Klalot ufratot ne'emru b'Sinai. Rabbi Akira says no, no, no. The way Matan Torah went was, everything was given at Sinai. The laws were given at Sinai, the generalities, as well as the details. The Nishnu be'ohin mo'ed. And all in Noel Moed, when it says God spoke to Moshe from the Mishkan, that was a review. They were reviewed in Oil Moed. And they were repeated one more time before Moshe Rabbeinu died in Arbot Moab. So according to the Akiva, all the laws were already known from Sinai. So now the Gebra says, go to the Mishmaid. These are Kadatak, or that she can be said by Midbar, or that Tamidavai. If you can tell that the Kurbanti Port Midbar was all that Tamid, Miika Midi, the Mikaralo by Hefshet Minitua, or the Sobai Hefshet Minitua. Could you tell me that an Olatami, which is an obligatory Kurban? But they brought it before Matan Torah. They brought it without the Hefshet Minitua, because they didn't know the law yet. Well, and then after Matan Torah, they brought it with the Hefshet Minitua. It doesn't make sense. If it's an obligation, you have to bring it the right way from. The beginning. Therefore, must be according to the Bishmaid, the command they brought before Matatura was what? Olat Riyah. And she says, Elevadai Olat Riyabai Ume Elehemik Ribuha. And they brought the Olat Riyah on their own. I mean, it wasn't a mandate to bring an Olat Riyah, they brought it on their own. Therefore, they can bring it as, uh, however they want. Because keep in mind, even the Olat Riyah needs Hefshet Vinitua. You have to skin it and you have to cut it up. But the point is, the point is, if they're bringing it on their own as a Voluntary, you can do whatever you want. But you can't tell me they brought the Olat Tamid. Olat Tamid, don't think it's a voluntary. Olat Tamid is a, is a mandate. And therefore, it's mandatory. Therefore, you can't tell me before they brought it uh, the wrong way, then they brought it after. And they said, Bishma must have been Olat Iyah. The B, the Ezer, how do we know the B, the Ezer said it was an Olat Iyah, the Tanya. Olat Tamid, the Asuyah, the Harsinai. We have a Pasuk in the Torah, right? It says Olat Tamid. The Olat Tamid that was made at Harsinai. Rabbi Eliezer Omer, Rabbi Eliezer Omer, Ma'as, or Rabbi Eliezer actually, Ma'aseha ne'imru b'sinai, vi atzma lo karba. He learns the pasuk like this, Olat tamid ha'asuyah bar sinai, not that they brought the Olat tamid ha'asinai. It just means, Ma'aseha ne'imru b'sinai. The laws of the Olat were given at Sinai, but it itself was not brought. Because you really have to answer that question. According to the opinion that says it was Olat tamidah, what do you do with the pasuk, Olat tamid ha'asuyah bar sinai? Smash for that the Qurban that they brought in Harsinai was Ola Tamid. says, no, no, Ha'asuya, meaning the way it's supposed to be done was given in Harsinai, but they didn't do it. What did they bring in Harsinai according to the B? Eliezer, Ola Tri'iyah. Rabbi Akiva, Omer, no. Karba, Veshuv, no Pascha. Rabbi Akiva says, no, 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 no. Read the Pasuk like it's supposed to be read. Ola Tamid, Asuya. They brought the Ola Tamid at Harsinai. And by the way, from that day on, they didn't stop. Every subsequent day in the Midbar, they brought the Olat Tamid. Starting from the fifth day of Sivan, Kotrabi Akiva, 
from then on. Kibros is from then on. What do we do with the Pasuk and the Prophet that says, Hazivahimu minhai gashtim liba midbar arbaim shanabit Israel? Says the Navi that the Navi chastises Ben Israel, Did you bring me any sacrifices in the midbar for 40 years? And the Mepharshim explained, Because I'm Israel after the sin of the Miragilim, they were actually put in Nidui. They were like ex- excommunicated. As if to say what? That God did not accept their korbanot. Because they were in excommunication. And therefore, you see, how can it be Akiva say, and from that day on, they brought it for the rest of the 40 years in the Midbar. What are you talking? The Prophet says rhetorically to Bnei Sale, did you bring any korbanot for me in the Midbar for 40 years? So you see, they didn't bring it from that day on. So the Gemara says, Shivto Shelevi, the tribe of Levi, Shelo Avdu Avodazara, Eniklibu Ota. Gemara says, yeah. You know who brought it? The tribe of Levi. The tribe of Levi that was not worshipping the Egel. So it seems B'nai Israel were put into head because of the Egel. Not the Bragelin. B'nai Israel did the Egel. After they did the Egel, even though whatever they made, Teshuvah and all that stuff, they were considered the Zufim. So they did not bring any Korbanot. But who was the only tribe that didn't do the Egel? Shevet Levi. So therefore, there was Korbanot that were being brought every day. But when the Prophet was chastising B'nai Israel, he was chastising all the other tribes. You tribes! Did you bring any korbanot in the Midbar? You went in the Zufim. Rabbi Akiva, how did you say then that, that, that when they started to bring the Ulat Tamid on Harsinai, they didn't stop? Yeah, Shiva Tamid didn't stop. So it was brought in the, in the Midbar. So that's the opinion by, basically of Rabbi the Ezir. So let's, let's, let's review that. So you have Bet Shammai, Rabbi Ishmael, Rabbi the Ezir, all hold that the korban that they brought at uh, Sinai was Ulat Riyah. Bet Shammai, we said. Rabbi uh, Ishmael, we also said. Because uh, they had to bring Olat Riyah, because they're not going to bring Olat Mirad Hefshet. And according to Rabbi uh, Eliezer, he clearly says when it says Olat Tamid Asuya Bar Sinai, Maaseh Deimru Sinai. The laws were given at Sinai, but they didn't bring it until after. Now, now we got to go to the opinions that say Betelel that says it was Olat Tamid. Betelel had Amra. Well, he said already. Betelel's whole proof was. Because he said the Hagigah's got to be double. Because we found the Hagigah brought before Matan Torah. But we didn't find an Olat Riyah before Matan Torah. That means Betel Abbas told the Olat before Matan Torah was Olat Tamid. Rabbi Akiva, Hanami Damran. Rabbi Akiva also said. Because Rabbi Akiva said all the laws were given already at Sinai. So they knew already the law of Olat Tamid and how to do it. And Rabbi Akiva says from the time of Sinai they brought it Olat Tamid They brought it from that day on. They didn't stop. Good. Rabbi Yosei Gilili, now you know Rabbi Yosei Gilili, she taught himself at Temidetanya. Rabbi Yosei Gilili Omer, Shadosh Mitzvot Nistavu Yisrei Ba'lotam Regem. Those three Mitzvot, the Amish just obligated when they go up to the Negev Yerushalayim. Re'iyah, that's Korban Olat Re'iyah. Hagigah, that's the Korban Hagigah that has been, and Simcha. Simcha is the extra meat that they need for the holiday. They have to bring a special Korban called Shameh Simcha to supplement the Korban Hagigah so they'll have meat to eat for the entire holiday. So again, what are the three Mitzvot? Re'iyah, Hagigah, Simcha. Yesh b'riyah she'en b'shtem R'iyah has something over the other two V'yesh b'riyah she'en b'shtem Hagigah has something over the other two Yesh b'smah she'en b'shtem And smah has something over the other two Which means each one has an advantage over the other two Now the Gemara explains Yesh b'riyah she'en b'shtem What does riyah have over the other two? Meaning Hagigah and Samhah Sh'ariyah ola kula l'gabawa Mashiach b'shtem Well the advantage of Olat riyah is that it all goes to 
Hakadosh Baruch Hu. But she ain't can Hagiga and Shulamim is eaten by humans as well. So that's the advantage that Iyah has over the over Simha and Hagiga. Yes, Hagiga must be understood. What does Hagiga have over the other two? Shagiga Yeshna Lefnei Hadibur. Mashiach Mishtem. Right there. Because Hagiga happened before Batat Torah. So you see that Pasuk that says they brought Shulamim, that was Kurban Hagiga. So you see it happened before the, the Dibur. And it must be according to the Yoseh, if that's Hagiga's advantage, that means Olat Riyah was not brought. Because otherwise Olat Riyah has the same advantage. It must be the Kurban that was brought before was Olat Tamid. Yes, but Simcha, Mashiach Mishtem. What is Simcha's advantage over the other two? Shah Simcha no eged ba'anashim u ba'anashim. Mashiach Mishtem. So Simcha, obligation to eat the Simcha, <coughs> applies to both men and women. So according to some she taught, it's for the whole, that actually the meat of Qurban Simcha, ladies are obligated to eat that meat as well. <coughs> and some say, no, the mitzvah of Simcha, meaning the Simcha Behagech, applies to ladies as well. But the point is, Simcha overrides the other two in that it's also obligated by ladies. Oh, so, so what do you see according to the Biyose? According to the Biyose, the Ola that was brought before Matan Torah must have been an Olat Tamid. And you have to say what? You have to say that they brought it the wrong way. If you hold it, they didn't know the halachot yet. And then later on, they corrected themselves. So the Torah says, Rabbi Ishmael, my tamah kamukit like Bet Shammai. Rabbi Ishmael, what's the reason why you said the Qur'an was a olat riyah like Bet Shammai? Isa katatach olat shikrim yisibam midbar. Olat tamid, because you said, if it was olat tamid, mi'ikamidi dimikaralo ba'ayif shudri tuwa, so ba'ayif shudri tuwa. Because the question was, what do you mean? Before, they didn't have the Hefshev V'nitua. Then you tell me, if the Meshkan, they brought it with the Hefshev V'nitua, that was the Bishma's argument, that it can't be, it can't be an Olat Tamid. Because then you tell me they brought it before the wrong way, without the Hefshev V'nitua, and then later on, they brought it with the Hefshev V'nitua. That was the Bishma's claim, right? The Bishma, what's your claim? What do you mean? The Bishma says that in the Khanami, they brought Olat Tamid before Matan Torah, which means we clearly see a shita of a tannah to be a single lead that says, yes indeed. They brought an Olat Tamid before Matan Torah, and uh, they brought it uh, obviously without uh, Hifshavini Tuah. The Tanya, Rabbi Yosigli Yomer, Olat Shikribu Yisabim Midbar, Ena Teona Hifshavini Tuah. He says it very clearly, that the Olat Tamid that they brought in the Matan Torah did not need skinning and cutting. Because the law of skinning and cutting down was not given to later. So the Rabbi Ishmael, wouldn't you have to side with Bet Shammai to say that the Ola was Olat Riyah? You could have sided with Bet Tilil, say it was an Olat Tamid. Ah, you have a problem. How did they bring it without a Shivni Tuah before and then they brought it with a Shivni Tuah? Hey, what do you want? Abiyo Segeli says that. So already it's not so far-fetched to say this. Yeah, they did it that way. Doesn't Abiyo Segeli say this? Clearly the Brighta. Originally they brought it without a Shivni Tuah. Once the Laka came up to all the way, they brought it with a Shivni Tuah. So Rabbi Ishmael, you could have aligned yourself with Bet Hillel, because that's really the halakha, it was like Bet Hillel, would you rather align yourself with Bet Hillel than Bet Shammai? And you, you have a friend with you, you have Rabbi Ezekiel with you. And the says, you're right, Samim Mikan Rabbi Ishmael. Scratch Rabbi Ishmael off the list. In the list that they made of who goes with who, take Rabbi Ishmael off the list, he doesn't go with Bet Shammai. Samim, erase him and put Rabbi Ishmael with Bet Hillel. And therefore, I delete him. Therefore Rabbi Ishmael really holds was an Olak Tamid. That's a view. It was an Olat Tamid. Why are they said we need to walk? Because they didn't know the law. So what? Rabbi Yisrael also says that. They brought Olat Tamid 
I, but then what about Adam Shavit Torah? And when the law came, they did it the right way. So it's your premise. How could they bring it? If it's an obligation, they bring it without Adam Shavit Torah. How can the obligation change? How can you say the obligation was brought one way before that? Yeah, that's what's happened. As much information as they knew at the time, they brought it like they knew it. Later on, when they got more information, they, uh, they amended it, they brought it differently. No problem. The Bishra clearly says it. So what's already we found the Shittah that says that? The Bishra, what do we have to put the Bishra with Bet Shammai? We'll put it with Bet Good. So it comes out, according to Bet Shammai, we only found the Bili Aizir. Him and the Bili Aizir. But say the Qurban that was before Matan Torah was indeed Olat. Yeah. Okay, with Betelel. Rabbi Ishmael, Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Yosegilili, all said that Allah was brought before Allah Tamid. Oh, and therefore you don't see Allah Tamid before Matan Torah. And therefore, that's why he said in the Mishnah that Hagigah takes precedence over Allah Tamid. It's double. You have to pay two kesef for Hagigah, because Hagigah was before Matan Torah. Because the Pasuk of Yahlu Shalamim. And actually, it was a Kurban Hagigah because the Pasuk of Yahlu Bamidbar. So that's that's the din of a hagiga. Ah, but they brought olah. No, that was olah tamid. No proof that they brought olah tliya before matan Torah. Now the Gemara says, "Ba'ir of Chazda, Haykira Echi Ketiv." Now let's go back to the pasuk. We want to know. Forget if it was an olah tamid or olah tliya. That already was a machlokit between us and Tanaim. We want to know which animal did they bring? Whatever olah it was, what animal was brought for the olah? Well, we know clearly for the Shilamim, Parim were brought, bulls were brought, because the Pasuk clearly says it. But when it comes to the Olah, the Pasuk was a bit vague. Because you could read the Pasuk in one of two ways. And here the Gebra gives the options. It says, how do you read the Pasuk? It says the Na'arim of B'nai Israel, those are the, the young ones that went to bring the Qurban. There's a quote from the Pasuk. Put in quotations. Open quotations for Ya'alu, Olot close, close quotations. Read the person by Ya'alu Olot. Now this is the Gemara talking. Kibasim. And what was that Qurban Olah that they brought? Kibasim, it was sheep. That continued the person claims. And the Shlamim that they brought was Parim. So like put a, put a pause after the word Olot. Ya'alu Olot. Parenthetical. And what were those Olot? Kebasim, continue the pasuk. When they brought the shlamim, what was it? Parim, bulls. That's one way of reading it. Or, or maybe read it all together. And what were those two kurbanot, the olot and shlamim? Parim, they were all parim. That's the question? So the Gebra says, the mind of Kamina. What's the difference? Which means, whatever happened, happened. Usually, if there's no nafkamina, if there's no halachic uh, bearings, what do we care? What does it change my life if in the Midbar, at the time of Matan Torah, if they brought the Allah as a par, or they brought the Allah as a tivis? Usually the Gebra says, have hava. What is, is, or what was, was. You see, the Gebra at this point does not know why the Gemara is worried about this seemingly uh, detail that has no, uh, no bearings on anything? Mind of Kamina. You're making such a big deal. Was, was, was it a par? What is it a canvas? What's the difference? What it was? They brought it. They brought it. La today, we know what you have to bring. The Torah says that the Olat Tamid, that the canvas is a hatta, 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 that
That we know today, Olat Tamid is brought with Kivasim. Mm-hmm. We know what the Olat Riyah is brought. So what they do in those days? Was it a pot or a kivis? My nafkamina. What's the difference? So I'll tell you two nafkaminot. Yeah, more expensive. That's for them, not for us. What do we learn from there? What do you learn exactly? No, 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 no. Again, the Gemara over here is saying, we're not getting into the Mahlouk and if it's all that, yeah, all that, that, that already we discussed. Whatever it was, <coughs> what, what species was it? The Gemara who cares what species was it? So the Gemara says, no. The Ma'inaf Kamina, Mo'l Zutra Amal the Pisuk Ta'amim. I'll tell you, Naf Kamina, how to read the Pasuk when you get up to the Sefer Torah. Which Ta'amim do you put on this Pasuk? Why? If you're telling me that Olot were Kevasim and Shilamim were Parim, so when you read the Pasuk, you have to say, Vayaralu Olot Atnach. You have to put the cantillation, the Ta'amim, you have to put it as a, as a pause. Because the Olot were not the same Qurban as the. Shilamim, so you have to read it. Vayahalu olot atnach. However, if you're saying that the olot and the shilamim were both parim, don't make a pause after the olot. Read it. Vayahalu olot, vayizbechu shilamim, nishofar meupak. Read it as all connected. So therefore, no, zakef katan would be a pause. Zakef katan or an atnach is a pause. Vayahalu olot, pause. But, if it's all the same Qurban, don't pause after all that. Read it in a way where it'll just flow to make it, don't put a comma. Just keep it flowing the whole way through. That's Nafkamina. For us today, how do you read the Seventh? How do you read that Pasuk in the Seventh Torah? Nafkamina, second Nafkamina. Nafkamina, Rava Amar. Le'omer, are alay ola ki ola shikrivu yisibam midbar. Mai, parim avu o kibasim avu? <laughs> Which means like that. God makes an edit. I am bringing a korban ola like they brought in the midbar. Okay, now what does he bring? Does he bring a pot or does he bring a kevis? <laughs> so Dafka you gotta know. You gotta know what they brought for this guy to fulfill his nidr. So there is halachic ramifications uh, uh, for this case. Oh, so what's the Gibbana's answer? What did they bring? Tiku. We don't know. This is one of the pesukim where it's it can go either way. And therefore we have to wait for Eliyahu and Nabi.